Two friends taking pictures of the rising full moon on a summer night. Two teenage kids doing what teenage kids do. When a stranger with a gun and a death wish changed everything. It was violent, it was senseless, and I will never understand it, I will never accept it. I'm Amy Donaldson, and unfortunately, we're all too familiar with stories about how violence shatters lives. But what we rarely see is how they are rebuilt. In a new podcast, The Letter, we relive tragedy, but only so we can hear the rest of the story. The struggle to reclaim lives, the realities of grief, and the possibilities of forgiveness. I believe in miracles. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are, and this is a big one. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts. KSL News Time 445. The three things you need to know this hour first. Weeks after a series of assaults inside the Utah State Prison, the State Department of Corrections says it's making some key changes. I'm KSL News Radio's Tom Haroldson. Second, the University of Utah women's basketball team is projected to go to the NCAA tournament as a number one seed in the region. They're going to face Stanford on Saturday. Third, our biggest traffic trouble spot. Right now, I'm looking at a live shot with a couple of vehicles over to the left shoulder on southbound I-15, approaching 146 south. But the biggest delays that we have on your I-15 drive right now is in Salt Lake County on southbound I-15 from Murray at 45th south to Sandy. Ricky Meese in the KSL Traffic Center. Plenty of clouds today with temperatures in the 40s, but another storm comes late in the weekend. I'm Kevin Eubank. It's 39 degrees in Salt Lake now. KSL's top national stories from ABC News. President Biden taking a few questions as he left the White House for a weekend in Delaware, including about the possibility China could provide military assistance to Russia. If China starts arming Russia in Ukraine, what are you going to do? You think I'd tell you if I... If they did, you think I'd announce it ahead of time? Earlier today, as the Russian invasion of Ukraine entered a second year, Mr. Biden met virtually with G7 leaders and Ukrainian President Zelensky, announcing a new $2 billion long-term aid package to Ukraine and promising to increase sanctions against Russia. Environmental activist Aaron Brockovich is taking part in a town hall tonight in East Palestine, Ohio, three weeks after a Norfolk Southern freight train derailed, spilling toxic chemicals. The snow has ended in Southern California. California, but it's left an icy mess in many places. Stocks tank to end the week on a new report that shows inflation is running hotter than expected. Darielle Albinger. A stranger with a gun came upon two teens taking pictures under a rising full moon. But violence is only the beginning of this story. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are. And this is a big one. I'm Amy Donaldson, and I've spent my career talking about how lives are undone by violence. The Letter is a podcast about how lives are remade. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Now the in-depth on KSL News Radio. Utah Valley University held a special event today on the anniversary of Russia's invasion of Ukraine. We'll have more on that coming up on KSL News Radio. Time for the in-depth now. We mentioned Utah Valley University held a special event today on the anniversary of Russia's invasion. Uh, This event honored members of the Ukrainian community. And joining me live on the news line, Marina Storrs, who's the founder of the Ukrainian Center of Utah 
Marina, thank you for joining me here on KSL. Tell me about the center. What do you do particularly with regard to helping refugees who've come here to Utah? Thank you for having me. So, as you know, there are a lot of refugees that are coming in through the Uniting for Ukraine program. Um, They're allowed to stay here uh, for a period of time, uh, work here, um, raise their families here. And so my mission right now is to help them assimilate to um, to their new home. As you would imagine, when somebody chooses to immigrate to the United States like I did 25 years ago, I I did so willfully, um, they're coming in and um, sometimes they don't choose where to go. They just have to flee their home. So they come without the language, without necessarily understanding the the cultural norms. Um, Some of them have to reinvent their profession in order to assimilate here. So... Our mission is really to help them find home and a sense of belonging here in the community. Do they find jobs after they arrive, even if they don't have the language skills? Some of them do, some of them don't. So another program that we have is establishing the language circle, which basically allows volunteers to come in and practice English language with them so that they can get on their way of, of getting to know and, and being employ- more employable down the road. Marina, it must have been so difficult for these people. They probably leave on a moment's notice. They don't know much about the place where they're going. And I'd imagine their hearts are so heavy with what's going on at home. Absolutely, absolutely. I see this time and time again when they build their lives, you know, 10 years, 20 years, 30 years. And then all of a sudden they have to basically gather their belongings, maybe in the one small bag, and then leave everything behind. Not only that, belonging is very little of what they leave, but they have to leave their husbands who cannot leave the country. They have to leave their elderly family or whatnot in order to seek um, safety for their children. So it's absolutely a heartbreaking situation, but at the same time, we're very grateful that the United States and the community here in Utah are uh, welcoming them with open arms and making them feel somewhat safe and, and, and at home here. Many of the husbands and fathers have to stay behind to fight. So how many refugees since the war began have arrived here in Utah? Yeah, we um, don't have the official, official statistics, but we do know that before the war started, we had about 1,500 across the state. Now we're estimating that that number has doubled ever since the invasion started. So that would be roughly speaking 1,500 refugees coming from Ukraine. So is there anything simple you can tell us, a place to go on the web perhaps where if Utahns want to help, where they can step up? Sure, they can definitely visit our center's website. It's ukrainiancenterutah.com. There are also other organizations that are uh, supporting Ukraine and the cause, such as the Ukrainian Utah Association. There's many community events that are happening where they can come and support. For example, one is tomorrow. It's a rally um, commemorating one year of invasion in the capital. They can come. It's from 
um, one to three. They can come meet the locals, meet the Ukrainian refugee and, and get involved that way. We did the show from the event on the Capitol steps just about a year ago. And I want to thank you for joining us today and we wish you peace. Two friends taking pictures of the rising full moon on a summer night. Two teenage kids doing what teenage kids do. When a stranger with a gun and a death wish changed everything. It was violent, it was senseless, and I will never understand it, I will never accept it. I'm Amy Donaldson, and unfortunately, we're all too familiar with stories about how violence shatters lives. But what we rarely see is how they are rebuilt. In a new podcast, The Letter, we relive tragedy, but only so we can hear the rest of the story. The struggle to reclaim lives, the realities of grief, and the possibilities of forgiveness. I believe in miracles. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are, and this is a big one. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts.